On today's episode of Locked On 76 is one of the hot topics surrounding the Sixers, always Tobias Harris. Will he be here, won't he? Why well, will tell you it may not make sense right now to trade the veteran forward. Next, right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. What's popping, D? What's happening, man? Not much. All, all quiet on, on this front here for me. What about you? Hey, man, I got caught up on some sleep. <laughs> that, that, that's always a bonus. That's what you needed to do. After that long trip, <laughs> you needed to do that for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Welcome, everybody. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Rag Radio in Philadelphia, alongside co-host and partner, as always, beat writer for the Sixers, Inquirer.com, Keith Pompey. And we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, one of the things that is always discussed, even when they win, is Tobias Harrison when he will be moved or should he be moved? Should he stay? We'll get into that. We'll also talk about the team defense that they still need to tighten up on. A few things that we saw, some cracks there in the defense on the road trip. How are they at home? We'll see over the course of these next few games and also look at how close the Eastern Conference is. Always updating everybody as the week goes along. We'll do it early this week as the Sixers don't play until Wednesday, have a few days off, back at it on Saturday. We'll talk about where they stand in the Eastern Conference and how tight it is and how close everything is in the conference. But, Keith, uh, it has quieted down a little bit where people are Sixer fans are not really focused on Tobias Harris anymore, even when he's scoring 12 points, 14 points, 15, goes on a great run for a quarter or a stretch, will quiet the rest of the game, but they still win. It has quieted down, and as we know, uh, we are now, what, 16 days away from the trade deadline. February 9th is the trade deadline, and we're always looking at Daryl Morey and Elton Brand because Morey always tries to do something. I know there are some that believe they shouldn't do anything. We'll get to that when we get close to the deadline. However, Harris is the one that's often talked about as being moved, and the Sixers need this type of player. He's not this, and you need to focus on trying to 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 make up for what he lacks. But – I wanted to talk with you today and with all the people out there about why it may not make sense to do it right now because of the chemistry, the camaraderie that they have right now and why it's working. So what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think more so bigger than the chemistry and the camaraderie. I I feel like when you look at Tobias Harris, he's been the one guy who's been asked to do the most. I mean, even more so than Maxie. And I know Maxie is asked to come off the bench right now. But when you look at it, Tobias, it's like, okay. You know, you're an integral part of this offense. Oh, nah, now you're, you're going to be the, the fourth option. You're going to be a third option. Now you're going to be the fourth option. Okay, but we need you to be a catching shooter. You got to do this. Up, oh, these guys are injured. We need you to rally the troops. We need you to, uh, uh, you know, do certain things as far as scoring. Oh, wow. Oh, oh now we need you to work on your defense. You got to become a, 
uh, not quite a lockdown defender, but you got to become a, a much more improved defender. And he's done all that. And I get it. He's making uh, 30 plus million dollars a year. And a lot of people are saying, do you really want that for your fourth option? But the thing is, right about now is when you look at it, all the things that he can do, the versatility he brings, I don't know if this particular time, if you could go out there and duplicate that in the trade. I don't. Maybe you could go out there and you could get three people or you could get this and that. But when we look at Tobias Harris's contract, a lot of people aren't going to be willing to take that right now. So you're saying I'm going to get three people for him. But is, is there a team that at this particular time, how many teams are saying to themselves, we want to take on that money for right now. So I, I look at it like when you when, when people are worrying about salary, if you're going to get rid of them, you get rid of them after this season. Right now, the team is starting to mesh well. They're starting to play better. And he has been an integral part. You just don't trade him because the only reason why you're trading him is because of the salary and maybe he might not like his role. But this is something right now where everybody has to come and check themselves and say, do I want the role or do I want to win a championship? Do I want to get rid of the salary or do I want to get the championship? And I feel like that those are the reasons why it makes no sense to trade them right now. Especially if you feel like that chemistry and camaraderie is something that they can continue to go with. They are 36 games. They're going to lose some, of course. At this point, they're 30 and 16. Next up on Wednesday against the Brooklyn Nets. But they're going to lose their handful of games over the next 36. They're going to also maybe explore some deals by the deadline with 16 days away. And maybe things will change over the next two weeks where they start to go in a different direction. But when you look at, as you pointed out, with what they have going on right now, it, everything seems to fit, even though they've made the adjustment with Tyrese Maxey, him coming off the bench, Melton staying in the starting lineup for those defensive purposes. It, it seems like now Doc Rivers has a, a, a pretty good sense of this is how it's going to be. And honestly, man, I mean, I, I don't know about that whole three lineup thing. We talked about that when it, yeah. when it happened. <laughs> that three lineup, that three different lineup uh, thing is probably not going to be it. It sounded good. It, it's not going to be it. This is it. Probably. If anything, the only other adjustment you would make is Maxi going back in the starting line. And that's it. And and that's the only thing that I, I would say that uh, they would do. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Doc Rivers does have that that three guard lineup and go with Harris at the four and Embiid at the five. Tucker comes off the bench. We shall see. But I think this is it. And for that purpose, as you talked about, while there is time, just like there are always times where big trades are made at the deadline. It's just working too well right now for them to rock the boat at all. A minor thing later, as I said, we'll talk about that once we get closer to the deadline. But something as big as Harris and knowing that if they are going to do something, it's with one year left on his contract and that makes his, his move a little more valuable. I agree with you. That's when they wait and do something and pull a trigger like that. So, uh, of course, we always take what you guys think and you can hit us up on Twitter at Pompeo on Sixers at Devon G975. Give your thoughts as well on the whole thing with Tobias Harris. It's all quiet on the Harris front because he's playing well and the team's playing well. 14 games over 500 at this point. When we come back, we'll also get into the, C the team's defense and where they need to tighten things up. Five game winning streak. 18 of their last 22. They've won. They look fantastic. They've also given up quite a few points as well uh, over the course of, of this season. So we'll talk about how they can tighten things up where they started with the Melton aspect of it, but where can they get there as a team 
also we'll get into that next right here locked on 76ers let's talk about FanDuel right you know a lot of you guys don't know but right now FanDuel is our new sponsor one of our new sponsors we're so happy to have FanDuel you want to know why because FanDuel is the number one sports book in America right and if you're new to FanDuel that's even better They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy, right? So new customers join today. If you join today, you can start it with $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bets. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all the favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, plus you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay, right? So all you have to do, right? All you have to do is just go to the app and it's really nice and safe and secure and easy to use. So what you do is for football plan fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet. And like we said before, you will get $150 free. So make it every moment more with FanDuel official sports book partner of the NFL. Thanks for making Locked On 76 is your first listen. Now for your next listen, please, as always, we try to tell you because it's the right thing to do. Make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast where you get in there. You check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right, Keith, right now the Sixers are third in the NBA in points per game given up, where they uh, give up 110 per night, third in the NBA right now. Not bad because we know that today's league is scoring league. Field goal percentage, they give up 47%, tied with the Golden State Warriors for 10th, 47% on field goal percentage. And as far as three-pointers, they are second defensively in giving up three-point shots in the league. They're second tied for first, but second because of games played um, at 34% right now, tied with the New Orleans Pelicans. So, Keith, when you look at that and we talk about their defense, they um, the numbers say one thing, and also, though, when you look at it, of course, they are frustrating things to point out when they play that where we talk about their defense. But if I gave you those numbers, again, second – I mean, third in points per game given up at 110. Field goal percentage tied for 10th and tied for first, 34.1 at the top of the NBA and three-point percentage given up as a defense. Where do you feel like they need to tighten up when I still give you those types of numbers? You know, I think they need to tighten up a little bit on their perimeter defense, you know. Um, you know, you know, but it, the thing is, it, it just seems like um, – just opposing guards, scoring guards have torched them. And it, it, this isn't any different than something that we've seen in the past. Remember, it was always somebody would come in and give them 30. You know, I, I do believe that they made some improvements with their new starting lineup, right? I mean, Melton's been getting a little torched at times too. But but at the same time, I feel like it's a little bit more of a bend but don't break type of defense. You know what I mean? Like one guy is getting points. But other ones, but but the Sixers are still able to get that victory. But uh, that's what I think. I think that, you know, I, I think that, but, but also I think that has a lot to do with some rotations. 
Like, I think that, you know, you have to have some defensive-minded guys in there around it with shoot. have one guy who can make sure he can lock someone down. And 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 I think I think that's happened. I, I think it has. I think it's happened. But for the most part, you know what I mean? Like it just seems like early on, you know, Shay Gilgis Alexander was torching him. You know, uh Zach Levine was torching him. You know, like LeBron James was coming in there getting buckets. You know, but it uh, but but then, you know, I, I think that we saw some progression when they went to Portland and, and they did what they did against Dane. We also saw progression when they went to Sacramento. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like in the second half. So I, I feel like, you know, that the 76ers are getting there. But right now it's a bend but don't break defense. Do we make too much of it? Uh, because, again, that's what today's league is in terms of the scoring, but also the way that uh, the individuals, to your point, it's the NBA. These are the best of the best when it comes to scoring. Do we make too much of it? Because of, uh, again, all those things that I just laid out, these guys are going to go off. They, they, they do that against every team in the NBA. And while the Sixers are one of the, uh, the teams that seem to give up these big numbers, even when you have a second team all NBA defender, Matisse Thibault, when Ben Simmons was here, as you talked about, we've been talking about this for years, where guys would seemingly come in on the perimeter guards, wings would come in and light up their defense. Uh, do we look at it maybe too much because we just understand that that's what the NBA is and that's how good these scores are as individuals? Yes and no. I mean, I, I think yes to a point because when you and you go back to it, would you say they're still third in the league in defense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also, you know, we look at it and we see some of the adjustments that are being made. Um, so, yeah, that that's we're looking into a little bit too much, but know from the standpoint of where in order for you to win a championship, you have to be able to lock people down. And, and, and then what happens is in the playoffs, you know, those half court settings and guys are taking dudes off the dribble, penetrating, you know, whatnot. So I think you have to get that better, but the point that you did raise is a great point. I mean, this scoring explosion right now in the NBA is crazy. You know what I mean? Can you imagine, like, you know, like we're looking at Joel Embiid. There's no one who can stop him. And there's no center out there that can stop him. Let's be real. But that doesn't always equate to wins for the 76ers. Hmm. So it's like to a point where I feel like if the defensive thing, yes, they're giving up a lot of points to one guy. But at the same time, how do they do as a collective group with the whole team? Because it's yeah, you know what I mean? Because it could come to a point where, all right, well, that, that dude is baking. But guess what? He's he's cooking, and it doesn't matter because the 76ers as a team, uh, they're still up by 10. <laughs> right? Not only that, like, like okay, so he's cooking, or like, and, and we're just using James as an example. James Harden could go out there and score as many points as he wants to, at least try to, right? He can dominate. But if he's not getting Joel involved, if he's not getting Tobias involved or Maxi or even George Niang, the Sixers, if you're the opposing team, you're like, do it. Because then there's no flow. Like mm-hmm. you said, they're still down by 10. So mm-hmm. to me, I mean, it's a tough one, but, you know, you got to play better. I think you got to shore up the defense, tighten it up a little bit, 
in order for you to win a championship in the next level in the playoffs. And you know what? I think this is true for every team in the league. You, you're never satisfied, even when you do have top three in, in terms of points, top 10 field goal percentage in, where, where you're giving up on the defensive side. And then the top for first with New Orleans in the three-pointer, we, we can sit here and be like, all right, yeah, um, they gave up 17 threes in this one, and they were too wide open. It's not the fact that the Sixers were right behind them with 15 while the opposing team had 17. We remember how open they were, and it was too easy for them to get those three-point shots, and they need to tighten up, to your point, uh, on those. So it's, a, it's an ever-developing it's an ever developing thing when it comes to the defense because of how good the scoring is in this league. And, and look, they're not that bad. They're not as bad as some people think. But, yeah, when we watch them in the moment, they can drive you crazy with their defense. But when you look at it and you look at the numbers, you're like, yeah, they're actually not that bad considering what some of these other teams in the NBA and what they're doing. All right, and our final one, as we talk about that, the team defense and their scoring has helped them get into the number two seed in the NBA right now in the Eastern Conference standings. This is a Tuesday. So we'll update you on where they are and talk about why things are so tight in the Eastern Conference in terms of all these teams being jumbled up. We'll do that next. Final segment right here, Locked On 76ers. All right, welcome back. Uh, Locked on 76ers, Keith Pompey, Devon Gibbons with you here. Keith, before we get into the um, the uh, how jumbled things up, and we mentioned the trade deadline a little bit earlier, there was a trade on Monday, Lakers and Washington uh, getting together for a, a trade. I think it's just the second one of the of the season so far where, um, who is that? Noah Von Lake from Boston goes to San Antonio. San Antonio waves him. He's a free agent. In this case, a name that that's intriguing. Now, I don't think the Sixers had anything to get involved with here, but Kendrick Nunn, some second round picks from Los Angeles to Washington for young forward, talented. Guess he got caught up in the numbers thing, especially with Kyle Kuzma and Chris Asporzingis up for some contracts potentially at the end of the year. Rui Hachimura going to Los Angeles and to add to the Lakers roster. What do you think of that move? Was that something that maybe you felt when you saw the return that you looked at the Sixers? We know that they don't have any draft picks until, what, 2029 to give up second round yeah. pick? Uh, was that yeah. a name that you looked at and said, man, he's available? How come the Sixers maybe didn't sniff around that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I looked at it like really, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at it like, you know, one of those things where the Sixers just didn't have anything available. And, and nothing against Rui. I like Rui. But, man, there's something about when you get these lottery picks mm -hmm. and you trade them on their first contract, it's kind of like, yo, like, I mean, he was a ninth pick, man. He was a ninth pick, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and what, what was it, 2019. That wasn't too long ago. I know he had injuries. I mean, guy who averages, what, 13 points for his career. He averaged 13 points while playing in 30, 30 games this year. And, and it's like, 
we're talking about a numbers crunch for the Washington Wizards. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? To me, it's kind of like, and I like him, and, and, and I know L.A. is excited to, to get this guy and help out. But, you know, to me, like, you know, we got a mutual friend who always told us, when dudes get traded on their first within their first contract, that's not typically good. I mean, they can overcome it, sure. but it's not it's, it's not good, especially going to L.A. where they're hyping him up now already. It's like one part of the big three. Well, you know, they're so bad that they they just need something. And yeah. Kendrick Nunn was doing nothing, and you get a valuable piece uh, here with Rui Hachimura. How will he fit in? We'll find out. But yeah, you're right. They're hyping it up because they needed it more. Here, if it was, let's say he hypothetically came here and you gave up a couple of bench pieces for the Sixers side, it would it would still mean something because of the name value and he's young and he's still in his rookie deal, but it wouldn't be as hyped as a big three. It would just be more of, hey, this guy's going to help us down the stretch and we'll see what he can do for us in the future as well. So um, I don't even know how he fits. Uh, no, no offense, but I don't yeah. know how he fits. Like, like some people, okay, we got all the people saying, hey, get P.J. Tucker out of here, right? So we know people are going to say that, right? They're going to say, like, yo, he can slide in and do that. But P.J. Tucker's going to start. We know that, right? So coming off the bench in the rotation, good player. But for what the 76ers need, he's not going to take George Niang's spot. Now, he might bring in better defense and stuff like that, maybe, but he's not going to take George Niang's spot. He's not going to play backup center. So – you know what I mean? Like I, I, I just don't know. Like right now, the Sixers need a towering center. They don't need another six eight power forward. I, I just, I disagree. Just because I think they could use an extra wing when, when Daniel House really fell out, fell out of the rotation, and Matisse Thybulle's got more minutes. But um, when House, who's supposed to be a guy who can come in, knock down a shot, um, defend well enough, and he's just simply falling out of the rotation. I looked at that as a as a possibility of them targeting that with a, a backup big with more of a defensive mindset behind Montrez Harrell. That's how I looked at that one. So I I can still see a role where there's a room for a six eight wing player to come in and help out that way. Doesn't need to be a starter and still help this team in terms of their depth and everything that they have going. So. I could still see it, and we'll get into that. And one name that always intrigues me is just Cam Reddish. I mean, coming home and all that, scoring, and defense, is, he, he can ramp it up sometimes, but he always intrigues me because he just keeps being tossed around where a guy just can't find it. And he's also a player, as you talked about, our mutual friend speaking about being on your rookie deal and you get traded, there's some, some possible red flags there. And Cam Reddish might be traded again for the second time in consecutive years at the trade deadline. So we'll see. But just wanted to throw that out there since that went down on Monday and how that may impact things as they kick off the trade season. Well, Keith, right now, things are all bunched up in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Sixers have worked them way, worked themselves back into the second seed in the East. They are four games back of the Boston Celtics. They have won five games in a row. That is a conference best right now because the Celtics lose to the um, Orlando Magic, I believe, snapping a seven, eight game winning streak that they had going on. They just have problems with Orlando for whatever reason they match up. They can't beat that team. Crazy. <laughs> you, can't, so, you can't run with the young bulls. They, their young bulls can't run with the young bulls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it was a good thing. They got Jonathan Isaac back. That was good to see. 
after two ACLs and finally work himself back in. They pick up the win. He had 10 points. He played well, looked pretty solid out there in his first game back for that Orlando Magic team that is 18 and 29 right now. Uh, but they may not make the playoffs or the play-in tournament because we think the top 10, top 11 teams are what they are. But as far as the Sixers go in that top five, they're the only they're, uh, two games separate the number five seed and the number two seed, which is the Philadelphia 76ers. Cleveland at five, six games back of the top seed. Five games back are the Brooklyn Nets of the top seed. Four and a half games back are Milwaukee, who won last night. And the Sixers are four games back of the top seed. So they only separated by two games overall from five to two and how bunched things up, how, how bunched up things are right now. Miami is creeping up. New York is still in the mix. Atlanta as well. Indiana's falling back with Chicago, as expected. They've lost seven in a row, the Pacers, after really playing some good basketball. When you look at where they are right now, Keith, and I know we've talked about this in the general point of, these are your top five teams, most likely, Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Cleveland, with everybody else rounding it out. Um, this is a good this is a good conference, man. It's trash. It's like, nah, it's great. <laughs> it is, man. It is. Um, you know, and then, you know, I know some people here think I'm a hater and this and that, but I just try to call it like I see it. The Sixers, the Sixers are playing well, and, and I think they're playing well because of James Harden. You know, but with that being said, you know, you got teams like Milwaukee. I know Milwaukee's struggling a a little bit, right? They're getting their guys back. But you know, like, they're a playoff caliber team, so they're going to be ready for that. We look at uh, Boston. You know, Boston has, you know, they're they're number one. They lost. You look at Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's starting to find their groove. Again, they had it. They're trying to get it back. And then, like, we talk about – you talk about Cleveland. Those young guns, man, those young all-stars that they have. And the funny thing is, you look at Miami, yes, Miami is six, but Miami is starting to get find their groove again. Chipping away, man. Chipping, Chipping away. away. Exactly. Um, you know, the New York Knicks are a little two games over 500, but but so I, I don't want to put them in that category yet, but from one to six, even though Miami has been struggling a lot and dealing with injuries and all that other stuff, like I think this is the Eastern Conference is extremely deep, extremely deep, deep to the point. If I'm the 76ers, I just want to get I want to stay in the top two. I do. I definitely want to stay in the top two because, you know, when the second round comes, it's going to be tough. But at least in the top two, you know that <laughs> you're going to you, you you'll most likely get out of the first round. That's how tough I think the playoffs are going to be in the Eastern Conference. Basically. And for a second round matchup. After the first round, obviously the top four hosted host their first round matchup. Uh, and when you get to the second round, as the number two seed, you also have home court advantage. Yeah, in the second round uh, in that case. Now, get to the Eastern Conference Finals, you deal with it how you deal with it having to be on the road. But in this particular case, when you talk about the top two, and I've always said top three, but for your case of what you're talking about, top two, that second round matchup at home could be beneficial for the Sixers because they haven't had it. You know, they haven't had it since that uh, Atlanta series, which was their better chance. And 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 here for this one, you're you're absolutely right. So um, it's it's a tough, tough conference. Some really good teams. Things are starting to shape up for a lot. 36 games left for the Sixers. And I, I think they're going to be right there in the mix throughout the remainder of the, the regular season. We know that that month of March, though, is always looming, always looming. 17 games, 12 
on the road for the Sixers in the month of March. So that will tell a lot of the story for for that uh, for this basketball team too. Yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, this was a fun one. We thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. For your next listen with us tomorrow, we will help you get ready for the Sixers and the Brooklyn Nets. Keith, Joel Embiid is going to try to put Ben Simmons through the rim <laughs> if he gets a chance. <laughs> so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA. Locked on experts covering the biggest stories every Monday through Friday around the NBA in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find us, man? Like my man D just said, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So you can go get Locked On 76ers wherever you get your podcast, free and available. But also, what you want to do is when you go to our YouTube channel, click on that on the uh, on the Liberty Bell, and then next thing you know, you'll get notifications whenever we have new podcasts. But tonight, you can listen to my man D on 97.5 FM, Divine Giving Show, from 10.15 to midnight, right? 10.15 to midnight. You can also follow him on Twitter at DivineG975. That, that you'll be a wise person to do that. You uh, can follow you. You, you can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yes, real fast. Through the rim, you think he'll try to? You think he'll try to break the the um, the basket on Wednesday against Ben Simmons if he get caught on the switch? You know, it's crazy. Like it's cr- it's crazy because a lot uh, of people. Well, I think you know what. But if if I'm Joe. And if I'm been like, he probably will. But if I'm Joe, it's like to a point where like that's in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, let me let me try to get this win and, and, and then celebrate afterwards. You know what I mean? Because making it personal is great. But you, you, you ever notice when your mom always said whenever somebody says something bad about you and all that, you act like it didn't even impact you. You just mm-hmm. keep doing it. And um, I, I think right now this is just a big win for them, you know. But the funny part is we always talk about Joel. I mean, and I get it. We always talk about the Joel and Ben aspect. We never talk about the Harden aspect mm-hmm. against facing this team. You know, he has yet to go back to Brooklyn and play them. <laughs> and, and right? that will in, in February on yeah. uh, Saturday, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that will be in February on the Saturday. I think it's the 11th. And um, I think that's the day before the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, we don't talk about that one as much. Maybe to your point, because it's number one, he was only there for a year and a half. And then while it was contentious when he left, that he hasn't been back to Brooklyn yet. In this case, for Ben Simmons, there was also some things going on against uh, also some things going on against um, Simmons and Embiid and how they were spearheading. It's going to be funny, because we've seen when Embiid really gets into it, sometimes he'll try to tear the rim down when he goes in for for a strong one for a flush and you know so it's gonna be fun though we'll talk about it tomorrow right here on locked on 76s thanks man thank you bro peace